This week on the Middle Tech Podcast, we talk about ourselves. We talk about myself, Nate, we talk about Evan, we talk about Logan, and we tell you where we came from and why we're interested in technology and entrepreneurship in Kentucky and beyond. Learn a little bit about us. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Nate Antetomaso here in Chicago, Illinois. Down in Lexington, Kentucky, we have Evan Knowles and Logan Jones. How are you doing, guys? Great. Doing Tired. great, man. Yep. Just got off the lake. Off the lake, you said? Yep. What lake? Cave Run in Moorhead, Kentucky. I've literally never heard of that. Oh, you need to. It's beautiful. Is it one of those, like, I'm probably going to sound so stupid to people who know like Western Kentucky or is shit. Is it Eastern Kentucky or Western Kentucky? It's, it's Eastern wow. Kentucky. <laughs> okay. I'm, let's move on. Evan, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> uh, let's see. Friday night, uh, went to bottomless Rose and then hit up Hugo's. We had a great night. Um, shout out bells with the Rose. Yeah. Well, I didn't even drink any Rose. I drank water. Mm-hmm. I drank five cups of water. Um, and then started drinking. Did you water. pay $10 for five cups of water? No, no, I didn't pay anything for that. I had to hydrate. That's it was going to be a long night. We ended up closing down uh, the bars. We stayed out the whole time. <laughs> Classic. Closed, so. I think like things to do in the summer in Lexington, that's one of the kind of like underrated things is bottomless rosé at Bell's. What is it, like 7 to 10 or 5 to 10 or something? $10 all you can drink? Yeah. No, it's uh, well, it's twelve dollars. They're up in the price now. Oh, I had last year's prices. Yeah, so they they up the price twelve dollars. All you can drink. It's a great way to, and it's on the rooftop. It's got an awesome view of Lexington, mm-hmm. so it's just a good way to start your night. That's news to me. I'm gonna have to check that out. Exactly. Wow. Not in a lot of people know about it, but it's last crazy. summer we did it probably like awesome. seven or eight times. I can't drink rosé. I get really bad hangovers. Yeah, yeah too much sugar. It's a little sweet. Um, cool. So this episode, we're going to do kind of a reintroduction to us. So, uh, we like to drink that I guess is one of the things that you <laughs> learned from the beginning of this podcast. Um, so just kind of want to level set here with everybody. Um, the last several weeks, um, our numbers have been going crazy and we have gained a lot of listeners. We've gained, um, a lot of people who are interested in the technology, the entrepreneurship space, in Kentucky and beyond. Um, and we're really excited at the momentum um, for the podcast, but also for the space as well. So um, we wanted to introduce ourselves to new listeners, reintroduce ourselves to old listeners, and kind of update everything about us. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, yeah. sounds great. We've, uh, you know, we put out some feelers recently with some surveys and yeah. just been asking people how we can continue to pr- improve the podcast because it's obviously going to be a you know, a long-term play for us and we're committed to this. And so we're always looking for feedback. And one of the things we've been hearing lately is, you know, I want to hear more about you guys. Uh, you guys are doing a great job highlighting, you know, other people. Uh, but, you know, we've heard a lot of people say, uh, you know, let's hear some more about your all's background and, and kind of how you got to where you are and why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so let's, uh, we'll get right into it. But first, you know, like we said, we've been growing and we just want to thank all of the listeners for that. Um, we've been kind of bad at thanking you guys at the top of every episode. So I'm going to try to get better about that. But the reason we do this, um, is to share the stories of technology and entrepreneurship in Kentucky in the Midwest. So thank you guys for listening, uh, and wanting to hear those stories. We like sharing them, uh, to help us out, give us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, give us a rating, Um, And tell your friends, share us. Um, We think a lot of people would like to hear these stories. So we're excited to keep kind of giving them to more people, if that makes sense. So um, share, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate all of that. And if you have any questions about anything, any uh, suggestions, any thoughts, reach out to us. Um, All of our personal social medias are on all of the episodes. We also have an email. It's middletechpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find our personal emails. Those are out there as well. Just give us a shout. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're doing. We we like to create a community and uh, we'd like to hear from our listeners. 
So we're just going to kind of go into it and talk about all of our stories and our journeys and how we got uh, to where we are. So I guess I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my name is Nate Ants Tommaso. I'm originally from Rochester, New York, way upstate. So if you can picture like the state of New York, all the way to the west, you have Buffalo. It's basically on um, Lake Erie. Um, and then go an hour east to the middle of Lake Ontario. That's Rochester. Um, a lot of people outside of New York don't know about it, but it's a pretty sizable city. I actually think it's a little bit bigger than Lexington, um, but it's not as culturally relevant <laughs> to the country. Um, and that's kind of ties into why I'm interested in entrepreneurship. Um, Rochester back in the 60s, I say, was the Silicon Valley of the time. It headquartered Kodak, it headquartered Xerox, it headquartered Bausch & Lomb, and a bunch of other, um, you know, kind of supporting companies around those. And those were all of the, uh, all the companies that were innovating in the high technology space at the time, which was imaging. Um, so Kodak was cameras, obviously. Um, Xerox was printers, copiers, that kind of imaging. And Bausch & Lomb was like eye imaging. It was a little bit more medical in focus. Um, so all of these companies were huge. They were all innovating in Rochester, um, but they decided not to continue to innov innovate in one way or the other. Xerox created the graphical user interface, gave it to Apple. Kodak created digital cameras. Everybody found out about it. They didn't develop it, so other companies did as well. Um, just kind of went down over time, and I think um, seeing that kind of ties into other parts about myself that I'll talk about in it. It really kind of told me the importance of innovation. So how did that, you know, inventing the graphical interface, uh, I don't know the story behind that. You said they just gave it to, to Apple? Yeah. So for listeners that don't know, the graphical user interface is like, a, when you look at a computer, picture a computer, you can press a button, you can move things around. That's a graphical user interface. It's anything that allows you to see how you're interacting with technology instead of having to type code. Um, so back in the day, obviously all computers, you had to run commands and it would do stuff for you. Um, Xerox created the technology that lets you interact on a graphical way with computers. Um, they didn't really make computers. They were mainly an imaging company, like I said. So um, it's kind of debated whether Steve Jobs stole the technology or Xerox willingly gave it up. But long story short, Steve Jobs came to Xerox, saw the graphical user interface, and like nine months later, it was in the Macintosh computer. Huh, that's crazy. All right, yeah. so how'd you uh, get to Lexington? Yeah, so so that that's kind of my experience with uh, with Rochester. I kind of learned about all that. All of my like grandparents worked for for Kodak. It was like such a big deal. Um, that was on my dad's side. My mom grew up in Kentucky. She grew up in Lexington, uh, went to UK, and I grew up hearing her scream at the TV at UK games. And I thought she was an absolute mad woman and had like personality issues because she had mood swings whenever she was watching a game. Um, so I vowed to never be crazy like that. I did not like Kentucky basketball or football, and therefore I did not like Kentucky. Um, but it came time to apply to schools, basically made me apply to UK. Uh, and then I got the best scholarship at UK. And my parents said, we're going to pay for what UK costs. Um, if you go anywhere else, you're paying the difference. So I'm glad I made the decision at the time um, to go to UK and not have to take on loans that's a whole nother issue that we could do uh, an episode about. But I was, long story short, I was not happy uh, to go to Kentucky. I thought I was going to hate it. I showed up the first day with a bad attitude. Um, but that very, very quickly turned around. Uh, ended up loving Kentucky, uh, loving everything about UK, everything about Lexington. Um, I studied media arts, um, which, have either of you guys heard about the media arts program at Kentucky? No. I don't think so, no. Yeah, it, there's probably a reason for that. Um, so it what I, I wanted to be like a screenwriter um, as kind of my main focus. So I thought that would be a cool way to do it. I thought I was going to learn all about the media industry. It ended up just kind of being a joke communications course. And then that kind of ties into like, I think a lot of university curriculum can be updated. Um but I didn't really like it, um, But so I wanted to switch to integrated strategic communications, which a lot of people at Kentucky um, do and really like. 
Um, but that curriculum ended up being like way too strict. And that can tie back to like, I, th I think higher education has way too many boundaries and way too many things it shouldn't be focusing on. Um, but the, I couldn't do the ISC because I would have had to do like an extra year because of how strict their curriculum was. So I decided just to add um, a business minor and entrepreneurship certificate uh, to kind of round out um, sticking with that media arts and studies major. Um, and it was in one of those entrepreneurship classes that uh, some guy in a, a blue t-shirt and some shorts came and, and talked to the class uh, with, a, I think it was a, a white background slide deck with a lot of emojis on it. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Who was that? I decided to, to talk to this guy named Evan Knowles after the class and, and get in touch about a potential job. Nate, was this, was this Doyle's class? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So that that's the exact same way I met Evan. Actually, he came and spoke and probably gave the exact same presentation. And I, I did the same thing. Reached out to <laughs> I, him. I, I switched it up every year. No, I didn't get I didn't get complacent with that with that presentation. <laughs> it was a good presentation. I'm not knocking it. Do you switch up like one or two slides, or do you actually do something? Uh, no, I switch it up a little bit. I think uh, the better year was the year I talked to your class, Nate, because I had it a little more organized, and then I couldn't find it the year I spoke with. Logan's class, I think. Uh, Man, you needed a software like a veil. So that, I just kind right? of, I know, right? Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, no, that's I, I do remember those those classes, and I always enjoy speaking to uh, you know the, the university. Yeah, where uh, Logan, when you took Doyle's class, and this is Doyle, I always mispronounce Frisky. his last name. Frisky. Frisky. Yeah. Um He was the CTO emeritus of Kentucky. When you took his class. Uh, Logan, were you in the 90, like the new building? Yeah, yeah, up uh, right above the, the food place, the 90, I guess is what it's yeah. called. Yeah, so I bet you took it like the year after I took it, but Probably, my year was yeah. when that building first opened. And I mean, understandably, he was very proud of it. It was a very technology-enabled building uh, in some very modern classrooms. But I think half of the class, we talked about the room that we were in <laughs> instead of the actual material. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's really proud of that. And he helped design it, so he should have been. Yeah. No, no, for sure. It was just funny. Like yeah. I remember that class as being in that building because it was such a focus of what we talked about. Yeah, I never I was um, never impressed by any of the communication classes. I think I took one yeah. or two and I'm just like, this is a joke. It like I get I understand like media arts and studies as an idea is basically when they had a telecommunications curriculum back in the day but then when that no longer became relevant they didn't know how to apply it to the digital age so they called it media arts and studies uh and just said oh anybody who thinks they know digital stuff come teach a class um and so it was just like a smorgasbord of like communications with a computer themed classes uh yeah. and i really was not getting much out of it i could tell you know, just from from what I would learn or not learn on a weekly basis, like this is not going to set me up for, you know, a high performing career. And so my ambition kind of drove me to try to make a change. But then I was locked in because of how strict they had all of the other curriculum set up. So it really felt like a dichotomy at UK that I was stuck between. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, I... I did that, and I'm I'm glad that I took entrepreneurship as a certificate uh, and business as a minor because I did learn a bunch, and I think adding both of those uh, ended up complementing um, my major. But if I was being honest, I would say most of the stuff I learned at UK I learned outside of the classroom through involvement with Dance Blue, um, my fraternity, a little bit of student government, um, just kind of really learning about the community and getting involved, and that's kind of where I learned. Would you say the entrepreneurship certificate made you more excited about Fuji? About that opportunity? Yeah, so I started, yeah, I started the entrepreneurship certificate before I knew about Fuji, um, obviously, because I met you during it. Um, but I think, I mean, obviously, I always knew entrepreneurship. My dad is an entrepreneur. Um, but what I learned from the the structured classroom material it was it's not just this scary void that you're jumping into entrepreneurship innovation startups is not a scary void there you can learn about it um 
so I decided to, to, I decided to pursue that obviously at one point, which I can get into, but learning about Fuji during it and then talking to you about it and then eventually talking to other people kind of made me map back thoughts to what I had learned in the entrepreneurship program. So yeah, I would say it kind of made me more accepting and then doing my own research about technology and startups and especially just the whole culture in Silicon Valley made me more accepting of Fuji, even though it was in Lexington, Kentucky. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so talk about so, your experience at Fuji. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually I graduated school. I actually started at Fuji full time a month before I graduated. So that was a crazy month. Um, but I started at Fuji as a social media specialist, ended up becoming a manager of marketing. Um, it was a great way to really uh, just like get into the, the entrepreneurship space, get into this innovation space in Lexington. Um, I'm sure you're going to talk a lot about it and you're better at selling it than I am, Evan. So I'll let you do that. Um, but I spent a year, just over a year there. Um, it was a great time. And then I ended up trying to start my own company called Away Game in Lexington, uh, data-driven travel itineraries where you could enter a trip, you could enter what you're interested in, and then it would spit out a full itinerary for you. I thought it was a really good idea. Um, I still really believe in the idea, but I don't think I was connected with enough of the right talent or enough of the right potential investors in the Lexington area, um, which ties into a whole bunch of other topics we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, so I ended up, we launched an app. It was on the app store. I'm super proud about it, but uh, I had to pursue other opportunities um, just because I, I couldn't keep kind of bootstrapping and, and struggling along with it. Um, I didn't really have the capital to get it to where I wanted to go. Um, so at that point, I needed a job. And unfortunately, there was not enough opportunity at the time in Lexington. So I moved up to Chicago. I think that's changed a little bit since then. And we see it changing every day, which is why we're doing this podcast. Um, so I'm excited for other people who are in that position to potentially stay in Lexington. Um, but I'm loving it here in Chicago. It's finally summer now that it's July. Um, and I work at Isaiah, which is an influencer marketing company. I work on the partnerships team. So all kinds of vendors that plug into our software um, for influencer discovery and campaign management. I talk to all kinds of vendors, all kinds of um, people that are help power in the software. Every day is different. Uh, so that kind of ties into innovation and what I like to do every day. So now, do you it's think a pretty that, cool journey so far. Do you think yeah, that uh, influencer marketing, you think that's the future of marketing? Well, that's a tough question to answer, given that I work for an influencer marketing company. Um, I think, yes, I think mostly, I, maybe not in its current form. Um, I think because media is so niched off right now um, and will continue to get further and further niched, um, people trust individuals and trust smaller brands that they have a personal connection to more than they would trust seeing an ad that's clearly from, you know, a company on network television. Uh, what I think needs to be improved about the, the space is um, the potential for fraud. The idea, you know, the, the connotations we have in our head of influencers who are just trying to get free trips or, trying to, you know, sell their audience, um, to any and every brand that, that wants to throw money at them. Um, I think fabricated so lifestyles is another one. Yeah. Yeah. The, even though influencers are supposed to be more authentic, I think people are starting to feel like they're not. Um, so things will change just like any small growing industry. Um, but I, I am optimistic about the future to see kind of, you know, how advertising will continue to be niched down along with the rest of media. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think's uh, next, you know, uh, um, for Isaiah, but also, you know, yourself, where do you want to be, you know, in the next five, 10 years? That's a tough question and really not one that I expected to answer uh, right now. I think, I, I think about that a lot. Um, I think my biggest thing is I want to be impactful. Um, and that is a, a lofty, maybe cliche thing to say. Um, but whether it's starting my own company or being in a position at a, at a larger company or 
being influential with something like this podcast and being able to share stories, you know, whatever it is, um, I feel most satisfied when my time spent working has a, a tangible outcome that, that benefits people. Um, and obviously I like, you know, I like nonprofits and charitable work, but when I say benefit in this sense, I don't, I don't just mean like charity. I mean, um, you know, benefit in knowledge, benefit in career, benefit in ease of living and convenience, whatever it is. Um, I want to know that my input has a direct positive output. Um, and I think that's probably why I'm drawn to entrepreneurship in the first place. You know, I was interested in, in Disney as a kid because I saw his work creating joy for, for people through it, an actual thing that he built. Um, I'm interested in entrepreneurship now because I see people's work, you know, create conveniences or create new solutions for people. Um, it's that end product that is so compelling for me. So they'll probably, what, where I see myself in five years, putting myself in a position to create positiveness for people, whether that's my own thing or somebody else's, but hopefully it's mine. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So that was a long winded answer to that question and a long winded background on myself. But um, basically I love doing this podcast because I love kind of bringing that perspective to the podcast and to our interviews with guests, to our discussions among ourselves. And I hope now that people have a little bit more of a context on that, it shines through my opinions and my thoughts. Yeah, for real. That's good. Yeah. All the, you know, conversations we have, we, we definitely bring in pieces of our background and our environment. And so it's good for people to understand, you know, that side of, you know, who you are and where all your ideas come from. Yeah, for sure. So you want to go next? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, which is a really small town just south of Louisville. Um, not really known for much in Elizabethtown. Um, there's a movie uh named after the <laughs> the city and uh i don't even know if it's named out the city but i know orlando bloom and some other famous actors came to like uh shoot a couple scenes there kirsten dunce is in it right yeah i don't all i know is people were freaking out when orlando bloom came to elizabethtown that's probably the most famous person to ever step foot there <laughs> so it's really not known for nothing uh for anything um but what i know it for and what i really appreciate about it was just a really great sense of community and like family values. Everybody there um, was, you know, pretty, it was a pretty middle-class um, city where everybody was very focused on family and, uh, you know, again, the community. And I always enjoyed that part of it. I grew up in the um, Catholic community there. The the church, St. James Church was a really important part of, you know, my foundation of um, who I am today. And so I just grew up in these amazing communities and had, you know, a ton of great friends and families that we, um, you know, really spent a lot of time with. So I think that gave me this sense of wanting to always build community and surround myself with a lot of great friends and wanting to include a lot of people because I, uh, that was just the nature of Elizabethtown. It was such a small city that you kind of got to know everybody and, um, you know, really tried to actively build community. So that's what I remember Elizabethtown for. And I enjoyed that side of it. Um, you know, growing up, uh, I, I was, you know, really interested in tinkering with things and building things. I was obsessed with like Legos and all kinds of, you know, building forts. And um, I had a wide range of experiences growing up. My family really did a great job of kind of encouraging me to uh, to try new things and, and and develop hobbies. So I took, you know, robotics courses in grade school um, at the local community college. I took art courses. I don't know if you guys ever. Uh, had a Michaels where you grew up, but you know Michaels, yeah. the the art store had had these classes you could take to just learn crafts, and I loved you know taking those courses with my mom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I'd go learn how to make like a, a Christmas ornament or uh, a painting or some kind of like like doormat and just all kinds of random stuff. My my mom yeah. and I would go just mess around and, and create these you know crafts, and I always thought that was fun. Um, and then I played all kinds of sports. Uh, I think I played, you know, the majority of the, I played soccer, baseball, uh, football, basketball was my favorite. Um, so I just had a really wide range of like activities I, I tested and that, that kind of influenced me, you know, throughout my life, you know, even after, you know, leaving Elizabethtown, I'm always trying new things and exploring new topics. And that just kind of made me comfortable with, with trying new things. Um, mm -hmm. 
And so that's one of the things I was most, you know, grateful of growing up was, you know, my, my parents encouraging me to try new things. My, you know, for instance, my dad uh, is a famous athlete in Elizabethtown. He was an all, all state uh, in, in three different sports and uh, is very well known in Elizabethtown as like one of the top athletes to, to, be, to be from Elizabethtown. And, you know, most, I feel like most parents with that kind of background, you know, receive pressure from the community or even pressure their kids to, to do what they did. Um, and my dad never really did that. You know, he, he let me try all kinds of things that, you know, were sports, but also weren't sports. And he never really pushed me to, to, you know, be a great athlete. Um, even though he, he encouraged me during, while I played the sports that, you know, I enjoyed, but, you know, he could have very well pressured me into doing something I didn't really want to do. And I always, you know, was thankful for my parents for that. Um, and so, yeah, you know, being, being comfortable with trying new things was, something that I got about out of Elizabethtown as well. And then really what, what the big, the big thing that made me comfortable with, you know, being uncomfortable was, uh, like I said, I grew up and went to Catholic grade school. uh, And then all my friends went to either Central Hardin or Elizabethtown uh, high school. And I was the only kid from Elizabethtown that uh, made the drive to Louisville every day to go to St. X. Uh, My parents were the only one. Yep. I was the only kid my age to, I didn't know that. I thought that was kind of like a common thing. No, no. Um, I was the only kid uh, my age, and so I had to, you know, be comfortable with that. And I was, I was excited, uh, but at the same time, obviously, I was very scared um, to leave. You know, that that tight community I had built in in Elizabethtown, and so I traveled forty five minutes every day to Louisville to go to high school. Um, I didn't know a single person there, uh, but that was a great experience for me. I, I you know, I, I had to work really hard because St. Xavier, you know, St. X was not cheap. Uh, my parents worked really hard to afford that. Uh, and so I had the pressure of that on me to really make the most of it. And I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I definitely was a great student, but I was, I was really quiet. Uh, I, I did play, I did track for a couple of years and I made some great friends, but I was never, you know, really outspoken or I was super quiet. Um, and so when the decision came for college, uh, that really impacted my decision. So I had the decision of uh, continuing to go to a Catholic, you know, smaller schools. Uh, had, I could have gone to, to Bellarmine and actually mm-hmm. had a full scholarship there. Or That's I could in have, Louisville, uh, right? What? That's in Louisville, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was in Louisville. And it was actually right up the street from St. X. Um, so I had, you know, either that or UK. I didn't have any scholarship to UK. Uh, I couldn't get... <laughs> This is a big part of my story. I couldn't get above a, a, a 21 in my ACT. Uh, I was never good at standardized tests. I actually, I actually almost didn't even test into St. X. They almost didn't let me go to St. X because I tested so bad on their uh, <laughs> placement exam. And yeah. so had no scholarship going into college. Um, but, you know, I just really wanted to go to a school that was going to continue to, you know, get me out of my comfort zone and I could, you know, really try to make a, make a name for myself and get super involved uh, you know, which is kind of different than what I did at St. X because I had that drive every day. I wasn't able to get as involved as I felt like I could. So I just wanted to go to a really big school and, you know, make a name for myself, uh, UK. And so I, I took that, that chance of, you know, I, I went into debt at UK. Uh, my parents, I remember very vividly when I said I wanted to go to UK over, you know, a full ride to Bellarmine. I remember them sitting me down and like saying, Hey, uh, you know, we're definitely going to help you, you know, pay for a portion of this, but you're going to be responsible for a pretty good amount of debt uh, if you do this. And, you know, again, that's your debt. And so they made that very clear and that didn't really, you know, sway my decision. Um, I think I'll, all along I, I realized that college was not, um, at least, you know, for me, I didn't feel like it was for uh, education as much as it was to to go and, um, you know, try new things and get all kinds of experiences and meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, that's why I went with UK was I had more opportunity to do that and get outside my comfort zone. Um, and so that, you know, that's another big decision that I made that was kind of against the grain. You know, I had St. X and then go to UK and, and go into debt. And most people, you know, that's crazy. They wouldn't do that. But for some reason, I, just, I was comfortable with that decision. Mm-hmm. You So you thought, like, obviously we all think when we're picking schools, like we all think about the peripheral stuff, like, you know, sports events you can attend and, and social stuff. But that is crazy that even back then as a high schooler, 
I don't want to say you were thinking about networking, but you were almost thinking about the the direct opportunities that being part of that community could bring. And we're almost putting a number value on it by deciding it's okay to go into debt to to have those. Yeah, again, I was I was super quiet at Saint X, and I just felt like I, you know, I just felt like I wanted to you know be more vocal and just uh, get on the community more. Again, I like coming from Lisbethtown, super small community. Um, I felt that connectedness. I felt like I knew what it felt like to build a great community and and meet new people and. Um, I kind of lost that for a little while. I was at Saint X, and like again, I made great, I made great friends, but I kind of stayed in a small friend group. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to, you know, join an even bigger community of Lexington and the university. And so, yeah, I always just um, that was a big part of my decision. I I wanted to uh, meet a lot of people and just again get super involved because I really didn't have the opportunity to do that at Saint X because I had that drive every day and I had to, you know, sleep in Elizabethtown. So it's not like yeah. I could have you know, stayed late after school and joined a whole lot of clubs or, you know, I would have played basketball if I had gone to Elizabethtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get to do that at St. X because I, you know, I wouldn't have gotten home until, you know, one o'clock every night. So, you know, yeah. I just, I didn't have as much opportunity at, at St. X to, you know, make a name for myself or meet a lot of people. Yeah. I think one thing that I, I want to say about you, Evan, is like, I think that that worked. <laughs> I mean, one thing I really admire about you is you, you're a quiet person. I think, some people who who know you well would say that, but that doesn't mean you're not a person who doesn't share their opinion or doesn't put themselves out there. And I think that that's a relatively unique combination that you have, um, but one that makes people want to get to know you and one that allows you to, to put yourself out there and, and network and connect with as many people as possible. So I think at that point and you know, since then, you, you've made the right decision to kind of get yourself outside your comfort zone and, and put yourself out there to become part of different communities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that from my parents You know, my mom's super outgoing and, mm-hmm. and extroverted and my dad is extremely introverted. Um, and so I kind of got both of those sides. My dad's a great listener and my mom's a great, you know, communicator and uh, you know, she's really great at like surrounding herself and, you know, our family with really smart people and happy people that, you know, have those family values. And so I just kind of grew up in a community that gave me both sides of, those personalities. Um, But yeah, community building and getting involved. uh, You know, when I got to UK, I I did as much as I could because I I had that pressure of of making that decision. I couldn't have made that decision and then just, you know, dicked around and done, you know, nothing at UK. And (laughs) I had to get involved. I had that pressure on me to, you know, try new things and and get super involved. So uh, I joined the business living learning program there at UK. So I surrounded myself with a lot of like-minded people who enjoyed business. Um, I almost did architecture. Uh, architecture was something that I kind of tinkered with growing up. My parents had built a custom home, and I watched them design that, and I watched that home be built. So I really enjoyed architecture. Uh, but ultimately, I, I, I kind of went the business route because I felt that uh, that kind of gave me the, the tool set to start uh, you know, my own thing at some point. Um, so I joined the Business Living Learning Program, uh, met my you know some of my best friends now, and we started a company together called Finance You. Uh, we have an episode on uh, this podcast yeah. about that. But essentially, the, the short story is uh, it's LinkedIn plus uh, Kickstarter, so crowdfunding. Students would build a profile, share that profile with their network, and any money they raised uh, through that uh, could only go from Finance You to a college. So anybody mm-hmm. you know, donating money to them uh, knew exactly where that money was going. And we started that because, you know, personally... I was involved uh, because I had that chip on my shoulder of not getting any scholarship to UK because I was bad at you know standardized tests, um, and so I never really felt like I had a fair chance to you know prove myself uh, to get some kind of scholarship to UK. Um, and so Finance U was kind of that that passion project that really uh, you know was good for me and, and made me one get an entrepreneurship te- entrepreneurship in tech, but try to solve that problem that afflicted me, which was you know get yourself out there and. and be rewarded for that and put that towards, you know, scholarship money. Yeah. Do you think you would have gotten involved in technology had it not been for finance you? I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't know how to answer that question because if I mm-hmm. didn't, I don't know what I would be doing if I didn't get involved with, you know, finance you and entrepreneurship so early and have that experience of building a company, you know, at, at that age, I don't know what I would be doing. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that, honestly. I, I doubt it. I doubt I'd be where I am right now without 
finance you. That's a big statement. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to, you know, Michael Lewis, TJ Barnett, Danny Perry, Sam Marks. You know, those are my best friends, and we all worked at Fuji together. Uh, and so without that, you know, experience, I doubt I'll be where I am. Um, so, yeah, I did that, and I was a GAD ambassador. So GAD ambassadors were the ones that, uh, you know, kind of led the business school. We recruited new students. We put new initiatives in place. Uh, so we were kind of, uh, like I said, the leaders of the business school and uh, kind of the, the voice of the students. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I did that uh, for a couple of years, and then I did the investment club. Um, but after, you know, Finance U, and I knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship in tech, uh, and, you know, along with that, I hated school. Um, I loved, you know, I, I grew a hate for school, uh, but I loved, you know, the, the community side of it. And I, I think I ended up hating it because once I got that, that bug for entrepreneurship and, the, and tech, UK really didn't support me in any way uh, to pursue those. Um, I remember when I, you know, first joined Fuji um, and, you know, I, I started to, go on trips for that, or I started to, you know, go out west to San Francisco to tech conferences and, and Vegas to tech conferences. My teachers just didn't support that whatsoever. They didn't allow me to um, to do that and not be penalized, and that, that really mm-hmm. bothered me. Um, and even, you know, the counselors uh, didn't understand or support, you know, my mindset at that time, and so uh, I just really started to develop a, a hate for uh, school and really actively tried to find a way out and and I and I got to Fuji. So I want to ask you about that because yeah. um, I mean you've shared that a lot on this podcast and I think your perspective on that is completely understandable but you know just five minutes ago here you were talking about how you went to St. X and it was you know your parents invested in a great education and you got a lot out of it. What changed? I mean Obviously, you you started working and you started being involved in tech, but your fundamental perspective on formal education seems to have completely transformed between between those two institutions. Yeah, um, can you explore that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think I just figured out more concrete things I was interested in, and then once I figured that out, I realized that the rigid, the way that college is constructed, and uh, just the way the whole education system is constructed, it. I just kind of realized like it really doesn't support exploring what you really want to do in life. It just kind of sets you on this path and you have all these prerequisites and, you know, they tell you what to do. There's not really many other options after high school to to do anything but college. If you don't go to college, you're kind of got this stigma on you that, you know, you're not a successful person. I just kind of started to question things after I kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And I looked around and I just thought for myself, Mm -hmm. um, I just realized like, I, I kind of have an idea of the direction I want to go, but nobody around here seems to want to support that. Um, and, and that really, you know, bothered me. And so when I say education, like I had to flip from, you know, St. X was a great education for me. St. James growing up was a great education for me. But, you know, if nobody was going to support me in college and I had to educate myself. Um, mm-hmm. And so I gave myself that great education by going to tech conferences and, you know, getting involved in tech space and, and getting really involved and in digging in deep with Fuji. And so, once I just kind of saw the other side of, you know, self-education and kind of pursuing what you want to do, I realized just how bad and broken a lot of the college and formal education system is. And so, you know, that's where that perspective comes from. And I think, you know, St. James and St. X gave me that foundational knowledge and education. But after that, really people need to start to get an education and what they are interested in and explore what they're interested in. Um, and I don't think college does a great job of that at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, once I figured out what I wanted to do, I went all in. Uh, I, I went to tech conferences, even though my teacher said that, you know, they would knock me down an entire letter grade in my classes. I still did it. Uh, kind of, you know, gave them a middle finger because they were like adamantly telling me not to, you know, leave class or I'd, you know, fail their tests and they wouldn't let me retake them. So I just kind of did it anyways. And uh, I was really involved at Fuji at that time. I was spending more time on Fuji than anything else. And you know, spending a lot of time with Greg and Eric and learning from them and helping them grow Fuji. And then Fuji really started to take off. Um, so Fuji, when I joined the company, started as an app that you could just tweet or text an emoji and get food delivered instantly without having to really think about what kind of food you wanted or think about, you know, what restaurant you wanted it from. So you could just tweet a pizza emoji and then 60 minutes later, you know, pizza would just end up wherever you were. 
uh, by a simple emoji. And so I kind of realized that that tech was a special technology. Um, and so I, I really went all in and, and helped grow the company. But then Warner Brothers kind of saw that technology and said, I wonder if this can be applied to, to marketing. So their idea was they had a movie coming out and uh, they wanted to have people tweet about the movie. And if they tweet about the movie with a hashtag and emoji, we would deliver them pizza or wings or wine. Uh, and it was an awesome idea. We never really considered using the platform for marketing. Uh, and it went over really well. And they cut us uh, $250,000 check. So we went from like zero revenue to like a huge amount of revenue off one deal. And so like mm-hmm. it was just like, damn. Uh, it just kind of exploded after that. We went from just Greg, Eric, and I, really three people. And you know, I started out as an intern. The next thing we know, we were 15 people. And at that point, you know, I, I didn't like school. And uh, things were looking really well with Fuji, so I just dropped out. Um, I dropped out before my junior year. Uh, and it was funny because I always like to tell the story of why uh, the thing that drove me to, dro- to dropping out and then my parents' reaction because I think it's really important and kind of gave me the confidence after that was uh, I was buying all my books, which are a scam. Uh, <laughs> I started uh, applying for all my um, classes, and, um, and then I had to... Uh, get the clicker. I don't know if you guys remember those clickers from yeah, clients. those things. And I already had bought a clicker, and they're like sixty bucks. But you know, yeah. realistically, they cost three bucks. You know, it's a scam, uh, just like a lot of other things related to college. But I already had the clicker, and then they 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 sent me this email that I had to pay thirty dollars to re-register the clicker, which is complete bullshit. Like, there's just <laughs> no chance that it costs thirty dollars to register a device that I already existed and worked, you know, several months before. And so yeah. I just got so pissed and like literally had a breakdown. and was crying and like, I can't do college anymore. I remember my dad was in his office uh, working and I walked in the office and said, uh, I was crying. I'm like, I'm done. I can't do college anymore. Uh, and he just kind of sat down and listened to what I had to say. And he kind of saw that I was frustrated before this, but just kind of listened. And I was really afraid of telling him that. And I'd been thinking about dropping out for a while before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I had that breakdown and just walked in his office and said, I'm, I'm done with college. And he, you know, totally supported me, even though I didn't think he would, cause he went to traditional, uh, college and worked his way up and just kind of a different, uh, different perspective on, uh, the way he approached, you know, work. And, and, um, I, I didn't think he would, you know, support that, um, as much as, um, you know, I knew my mom would, my mom was all about it and supported mm-hmm. me, but, uh, I had all their, I had support. So that kind of gave me the confidence I needed, you know, to continue to you know, go after Fuji and go after all my interests. Uh, but yeah, the clicker just drove me, <laughs> $30 drove me to drop out. It was kind of yeah. funny. That's crazy. I didn't know that there was literally like a, a breaking point like that. Yeah. I had been building it up for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I remember uh, you saying one time you were in Miami uh, with Fuji for an activation or a meeting or something, and you were you were sitting on Miami beach and like you, you got an email from your professor that said like, you know, you missed the, the test, you failed it. And you're like, what? <laughs> like yeah. just the, the dichotomy in those two experiences. Well, yeah. I mean, I was traveling around to all these, I was going to New York and LA and like, and then I had to go to class the next day. Yeah. So like, I just, I was just like, what am I doing? Um, and I just kind of built up and built up and then, yeah, I had to pay $30 for, uh, a clicker and I said I'm done this is a scam mm-hmm. you know these people are trying to make as much money off me as possible uh, yeah. which is a fact you know business, college is a big business um, and I just you know couldn't do it anymore um, so yeah and then I just went all in on Fuji and uh, I was really on the, I was on the sales side so had no experience in sales and helped gross you know Fuji from you know zero dollars in revenue and then when I left Fuji we were uh, 6.8 million dollars um, and so I was, you know, really, really focused on growing that and actually moved out to LA to, to start a sales office. And so Fuji uh, is the, is the, where I got the most growth, uh, of any point in my life. You know, I was there for about four years and those four years is where, you know, I, I got so much experience and knowledge about startups and technology. And, um, you know, I would, I will always be, uh, you know, grateful to Greg and Eric and, everybody involved there at Fuji for, you know, helping me grow up, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, give me what I, what I have in my, in my tool belt today. And then I got to a point where at Fuji, um, I just felt like, you know, I had kind of stagnated. Uh, I had, you know, 
gotten to the, the highest point I felt like I could get at Fuji. I um, had so much experience and I wanted to, you know, apply that to another startup. Um, and, and that startup is, is Vale. Um, and I'm, I'm out of Vale now and we're building, you know, we had an episode with uh, yeah. the founder of Vale, Randall Stevens. Uh, and so we're building an awesome piece of technology that helps large businesses, you know, manage and, and help their uh, employees find content on their computer. Um, and so I joined them. I was the eighth person and now we're already, you know, around 15, 16 people. So I just wanted to start over and, and join another startup and get a different type of experience. We're a very uh, enterprise um, software SaaS focused and I wanted to learn that and, and get a new, a new uh, perspective on technology. So yeah, that that's me. Logan, you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah. Let me give a little background on myself here. So I'm from Ashland, Kentucky, uh, born and raised. Uh, loved growing up in Ashland. So I guess Ashland, the thing they're known for, they had a huge company called Ashland Oil. Uh, that was probably about 30 years now, but that was that was a huge company back in its heyday. Provided a lot of growth and jobs for that area, and kind of devastated the area once it moved away. But they found a way to bounce back. And, uh, yeah, growing up there was awesome. It was it was probably a lot like Elizabethtown uh, that Evan talked about, just a lot of emphasis on family, um, a mm-hmm. lot of emphasis on uh, the high school sports and everything. There were some great rivalries in the area. So, uh, But like Evan, I love taking things apart and uh, building new things. I'm sure my parents got tired of me taking apart VCRs and stuff like that. I really just enjoyed <laughs> working with my hands, uh, stuff like yeah. that. And that kind of led me into my experience with entrepreneurship. So I think my first experience with entrepreneurship was making and selling paper airplanes in elementary school. I guess I just developed kind of a knack for making good paper airplanes and all my classmates would get get jealous of it. So Mm -hmm. I started making them and then selling them to my classmates for probably a dollar or something like that. But, uh, That's crazy. I uh, in fourth grade, I made pencil holders out of sheets of paper, or you'd like fold it and make it stand yeah, up. Yeah, and it, it took like three sheets of paper to make a pencil holder, and I charged people four sheets of paper. Nice, nice. That's uh, awesome. Making that paper profit. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't think I really considered that entrepreneurship at the time. I don't even knew, know if I knew the word entrepreneur or entrepreneurship. Uh, it was just kind of like, oh, cool. I can make a couple bucks for doing something I love to do anyway. So uh, then my next little venture that I had was making uh, GoPro mounts that float out of wood. I was big into having GoPros and doing all the action photography and stuff. And I was really frustrated one day that I had to pay like $30 to get a floating GoPro mount. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to make my own. So I went out in the yard, uh, cut down a branch, made it into a floating, made, like hollowed it out and made it so it would support my GoPro in the water. And then one of my friends was like, well, that's pretty cool. Can you make me one? So made him one and then made a little Instagram page for it. And I think I ended up selling like 10 or 15 of them to people around town, but still consider that as some experience in business. That's yeah, pretty that's cool. Dope. Why'd you, why'd you go with like a piece of wood versus something in the house that, or some kind of like purpose, like, like a floaty or something. Yeah. Why, why, why a piece of wood? I don't know. I guess I, I wanted to work with wood that I just saw in my yard. So it actually, it started off as just like, well, wood floats. I'm going to go with that first. I probably could have experimented with like PVC pipe or something. But once I started building it with wood, I, I started getting creative. And uh, have you guys ever seen trees that get a vine wrapped around it and it turns it into kind of a spiral looking uh, yeah. thing? So yeah, I would go out and find those kind of trees and then make them out of those. And they would all, they would always look really cool and have a lot of character in the wood. And it'd be more of like something just to look at and a talking point as well as something that could make your GoPro float. So I actually remember probably the most impactful sale that I had was once I got to UK, I was still doing it. I was in this uh, entrepreneurship uh, living learning program Mm -hmm. and Brian Rainey, who's my current boss was like giving a talk or something. And he was asking if anyone in the class had any sort of businesses that they'd run in the past. And I raised my hand. I was like, yeah, I make these GoPro mounts. And I showed him all the pictures on my Instagram. He's like, Oh, that's so cool. I want one. And he was like, how much are they? And I had originally been selling them for $30 to all my friends. And I guess since this was like a legit entrepreneur guy, I got a little nervous and I was like, uh, I'll give it to you for $5. <laughs> Just like totally undersold the true value of it. And I'm sure he, he was just like, I'm going to actually do this because this will be a great lesson to this kid. 
but uh yeah he still has that too he it sits uh sits in the office and he takes that whenever he uses his gopro i guess so that's that was awesome. yeah yeah that, that's my story with lojo's gopro mounts is what it was called <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah so all right and then after that uh so like i said join the entrepreneurship llp which was similar to what evan was talking about just a, a different one probably more focused on entrepreneurship rather than business in general and that's when I first started thinking really broadly about what entrepreneurship meant and what you could do with it and all this sort of stuff. So after that, I started really thinking outside of traditional paths in college. So I came into college, I think a management major, and then switched over to marketing and then picked up a finance as well. So just kind of not really exactly sure what I wanted to do ultimately, ultimately but kind of had this clarity like, all right, I know that along the way, or ultimately, I want to be doing my own thing. So I think it was sophomore year, my roommate and I decided we were going to put some money together and buy a drone, uh, get all the licensing we needed and everything. And we started this little drone company. Uh, it's called Kentucky Elevated Drone Imaging. And it's actually I actually still run that more of it as a side hustle now. But that was that was my first experience of like getting a website together, doing a little bit of marketing, going through like the actual legal process of everything and going around and getting business cards and, and networking it and everything. That was probably the more impactful experience I've had with entrepreneurship and something I'm definitely proud of since it's, it's still up and running. So that kind of leads me into working at awesome Inc. Uh, through that. So I, I met Brian through the entrepreneurship LLP and uh, he just kind of became my mentor for any, any kind of business question or entrepreneurship question. I would hit up Brian, be like, hey, I've got this idea or I'm having trouble with this sort of thing or I'd like some sort of connection. And he would always be great about getting back to me. So I think it was the the summer between my sophomore and junior year, he reached out to me telling me that he was looking for a personal assistant uh, just for him and Awesome Inc. in general. So I ended up taking that and that was some great exposure just to everything that Awesome Inc. does and it made uh, it was really easy for me to kind of join the Lexington entrepreneurship community through that. I was able to go to a lot of five across events, uh, see everything that was going on at Awesome Inc. And Nate, I think that's actually how you and I met. Yeah. Was that an, uh, a five across event? Yeah, I think I, we had talked uh, through Instagram probably because of Middle Tech. And then yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that five across is where we like first talked in person. Right. Yeah. And that also is where I, I probably built. Uh, a better relationship with Evan after meeting him initially, I'd always see him at the five across events as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Brian, you know, that's an awesome mentor to have and a person to, you know, surround yourself with and get inside, you know, his community. Uh, for those that don't know, Brian, you know, we've had him on the podcast. Uh, he, he's one of the co-founders of awesome Inc, which is, you know, the big community here that's uh, for startups and entrepreneurship. And they do a lot of amazing things. So what, what was the biggest thing you think you, you've learned from Brian so far, uh, you know, from, from being around him? Oh, gosh, there's, that's, a, that's a tough one. There's a, a lot that Brian has taught me. But I think some of the cooler things he's taught me and some of the things that have been more hands-on rather than just kind of like philosophical lessons are a lot about like real estate. So I, Brian's mind is kind of always moving, and he's got a lot of different things going on all at once. And it was really cool for, for me to see, all right, like this guy's an entrepreneur and he went out and then also uh, got into real estate too, which I thought was a really cool move. So he's been kind of mentoring me on the right moves to make in real estate with like getting getting a property that you can rent out and getting some cash flow and stuff like that. I'd say that's probably one of the more hands-on things because I help him out a lot with that. Um, other than that, I think just like how hard he works is pretty incredible. So he'll, he'll literally, if you've ever communicated with him, he'll send you emails at like two in the morning. It's, it's pretty funny. That's just kind of when he, he does that sort of thing. So a lot of what he taught me too, is just how much work it really takes to make something happen when you have an idea for yourself. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, he said, and he said this, um, you know, recently also make other 10 year anniversary. And one of the things that really that he, he said during some of those events that, that celebrated that was, you know, it, it takes 10 years to grow a startup community. Uh, but those 10 years restart every day and it takes a lot of hard work and it restarts every day to really build a community. And uh, I think that really just puts into perspective, 
that you're never really done. You're always having to work and, and build community and, and put in the hours uh, to build what Awesome Inc. Has, has built to date. And I think, you know, just the fact that he um, is continuing to work that hard and, and helping to grow that uh, is really inspiring. And so I've always, uh, you know, respected Brian and really, you know, looked up to him as somebody in the community that's, that's trying to change things and will always be remembered. Uh, you know, he's going to, you know, go down in Lexington his, history. And that's ultimately what, you know, myself and, you know, I know you guys want to do. And so to look up to somebody that we know, you know, without a doubt, has already kind of put himself in a position to be a part of the Lexington history uh, is, is, is inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. I think one of the cooler things I've heard Brian talk about in building this uh, Lexington community. So a little bit about what Awesome Inc. does. They have the five across events uh, that I mentioned. They also have a coding boot camp that you can go through in 12, 12 weeks and they'll teach you how to code. So one of the things that Brian has talked about is how he would love for someone to come out of five across or out of the, the boot camp and then ultimately end up in the Entrepreneur Hall of Fame which mm-hmm. is something that Awesome Inc. and all of them have started as well. And I think that's just an awesome statement to how how dedicated he is to trying to build like Lexington's community and then Kentucky in general. And yeah. that's just something that's so easy for me to get behind. Yeah, that's the beginning to the end of the entrepreneurial journey. And right. they have programs that, that help everywhere along the way. So it's just a matter of time before somebody takes advantage of each one. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's somewhere in the near future and it's, I say somewhere in the near future, it's already happening. Like there's a lot of cool stuff going on at Awesome Inc. And a lot of really cool companies like WeatherTech that we talked to not too long ago has come through the Awesome Inc. Fellowship Program. So I think that uh, we'll start to see a lot of really cool stuff coming from there. For sure. So, yeah. So moving on from there, uh, more recent stuff. I just graduated from the University of Kentucky. Um, graduated with a degree in finance, marketing, and then a minor in design. And honestly, it was it was a great four years at UK. It was a little bit bittersweet to see it come to an end, but also really exciting to kind of start taking those next steps into entrepreneurship and just that next next chapter of my life. So I talked about Awesome Inc. I started a full-time position after graduation with Awesome Inc. Uh, my official title is project coordinator, which basically just means I – any new idea or project that kind of comes through the doors, I get them in, in touch with the right people and try to make, just make stuff happen basically. So that's been a really fun transition for me. I've gotten to meet a lot of cool new people and we've got a lot of cool projects in the pipeline that I'm really excited to start working out. So after that, so my kind of history with middle tech, Nate kind of mentioned this. Um, I think I was driving back from Colorado after a road trip and just randomly discovered middle tech. I think Evan might've posted or something. And I just remember getting so excited over it and being like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I have a friend that does a podcast, like podcasts are huge and they're doing something that I'm really passionate about. Like this is sweet. So like followed all of, all the uh, social media stuff, subscribed and, or, and all this on Spotify. And then just came, became like a really active, uh, I guess, audience member on, like Instagram and any, anytime that a story or anything, I try to reply to it and just really interact. And then after I graduated, Evan kind of put it out that he was looking for another person to join the team. That was back in May and kind of instantly I was like, Oh yes, definitely interested. (laughs) So it's been, it's been a lot of fun uh, joining the team and getting everything together and trying to take this thing to the next level with you guys. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. Uh, And you know, I think that, you know, the lesson with that is like, if you ever are interested in anything or are attracted to anything, I think you might, you know, want to help, like you should just get engaged and yeah. uh, reach out to whoever that is and just communicate with them and show them that you support them and, and help any way you can. And eventually, you know, that'll lead to opportunity. That's the way it worked for, you know, me getting involved in Finance U and, and Fuji and Avail and uh, getting into real estate. Like I just kind of put myself out there and supported the people that are already doing it that I looked up to and got involved. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm actively doing that thing. And I think, you know, you're a great example of that and have, you know, added so much value to the team. And I think that's, you know, what I, I took out of that is like, you know, you, you showed support. And so we're obviously going to, you know, return, return that and be interested in you as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely something I really appreciated was that you guys would take the time to reply to pretty much anything that I would I would send you guys. It was really, it was a cool interaction for sure. Yeah. I think there's that lesson that Evan was talking about, but 
speaking about about you specifically logan as well once you got involved um i think it, you've kind of showcased your entrepreneurial spirit in a hundred different ways i mean we had been doing it for almost a year and a half when you got involved and you know we had ways of doing things and we had processes but those have changed um for the better um pretty much everything we do since you've come on board and i think um one your direct contributions but then just the you know kind of the air of innovation that you bring i think you know improves stuff that's around you and so i think that you know we really we made the right choice to bring you on and we're glad that you're on board but i, I think that kind of speaks to your talent as well thanks nate i appreciate that buddy yeah i'll edit that out of course so nobody else can hear that <laughs> <laughs> um so uh let no, logan you know ask a similar question to nate uh yeah. where do you want where do you see yourself going you know in the next five ten years where do you want to be and accomplish yeah so in in terms of where i want to be i would love to be uh in lexington and if not in lexington then just in kentucky in general i think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on here uh just specifically back in my hometown we have a big company coming in called Brady Industries, this huge aluminum mill that's bringing in a lot of innovation, and they're going to bring in a lot of jobs, and I'm super, super excited about that and really optimistic about them coming in. Um, in terms of what I want to be working on, I'm, I'll probably throw it back to Brady, too. I would love to join a team that's helping to grow my hometown in the state of Kentucky. So I've, I've been kind of putting out feelers there, but on, on a more general sense, uh, I would like to continue – to do stuff with middle tech. I'd like to continue to try to grow the entrepreneurial community around here and hopefully have some sort of little side hustle too, because I just, I love, love the idea of being an entrepreneur and I love the the kind of hustle that comes along with that as well. For sure. Awesome. Evan, we didn't ask you, where, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Um, so I'm all in, you know, I'm pretty all in. I'm all in on Avail right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited about what Avail is building. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't just join another startup just to join another startup. You know, I wanted to help build something again and get it on the ground floor. And the technology we're building is, is very important and, um, uh, you know, has a really long runway and it's going to make a big difference. So I'm really excited about Avail and le continuing to learn from Avail. But, you know, long term, I'm, I'm, you know, taking as much as I can uh, and learning. Uh, and I'm going to start, you know, I definitely want to start my own company. Um, and, you know, at any time, uh, you know, I, I could leave Avail, but I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Avail because, you know, I want to, you know, help build something and get that experience. But, but ultimately, you know, I have yet to find a big problem in the world that I want to solve. Um, and so until I find that, you know, I'm going to be all in on Avail. And then when I do find that, uh, I'm going to get back, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur and start my own company. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, long term, I, I want to, you know, start companies and solve major problems like I'm experiencing at Avail and experienced that at Fuji. And I, you know, want to continue learning until I find that big problem that I want to solve and do it myself. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. And then, you know, as far as geology or uh, geographic, you know, regions go, I want to, I want to stay in Lexington. Uh, like I said, I, I got to move out to Los Angeles and experience that whole, it's a whole other world out there. And I grew up in Elizabethtown. And so Lexington just feels like the perfect medium between those two. And I feel like I've really done a great job of, you know, building a network and, um, you know, building a foundation for myself, you know, here in Lexington to make a big difference. So uh, I want to make sure I apply everything I'm learning and any future businesses that I start. Uh, I'd love you know them to be in Lexington, uh, unless they just can't be successful in Lexington. And I, you know, obviously move out of Lexington, but uh, I love Lexington. I love what we're doing here with Middle Tech, and so I want to continue to you know grow this community because you know I really care about this community and make a very conscious decision to put myself you know in this community. For sure, and I think that's a good kind of transition to how we want to wrap up here, and we'll do this a little quickly because we uh, we're already at the hour mark. And thank you guys for for sticking with us and hearing all of this information about us. Um, but what we're doing, like you said, what we're doing with Middle Tech and with this podcast is we really want to bring awareness to the entrepreneurial space and the innovation that is going on in Kentucky and and beyond throughout the Midwest. Um, we, you know, we were part of the community here and we, we saw it coming up and we continue to see it coming up, but we didn't hear people sharing the stories. We didn't hear people sharing their experiences. And we, we want to help with that and 
all three of us genuinely, genuinely believe in the possibilities that technology, entrepreneurship, innovation can bring to Central Kentucky. And we're excited to be part of that. Yeah. I mean, just in the last like one and a half years that we've been doing, you know, this podcast might be a little bit longer than that. I've like seen a big difference Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just because we're meeting more, more people and we're, you know, discovering more companies, but I just feel like there's this upswell of activity and excitement, you know, here, uh, that I haven't really seen before. Um, you know, like I said, when I was at UK, nobody supported entrepreneurship. Now there's all kinds of great, you know, communities there at UK, the Von Allman Center for Entrepreneurship. Uh, and you know, there's just the upswelling of excitement and, and transparency into entrepreneurship and you can just see it and feel it. And it's super exciting. I'm glad, you know, we made the decision to start this because I think we're, you know, we're adding and responsible for, you know, a portion of that excitement because now these stories and these people are getting to, um, you know, share their, their experience. And I think that's really important.